are listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring. My name is Jeff White. Joining me today is Carmen Perry. Carmen, how's it going? It is going fantastic, Jeff. Uh, I, uh, for our listeners, uh, uh, you should know. I mean, it's obviously here in Halifax, Nova Scotia, you never... Uh, it doesn't really matter what season we're in. Uh, our power is always uh, power grid is always a bit suspect. So we're coming to you today from uh, a, a, a Halifax that is under siege uh, of uh, power outages. So hopefully we'll be able to uh, continue along for this entire conversation. Yeah. yeah, Jeff, great to be chatting. Yeah, indeed, and uh, really pleased to have Trish Kempkis with us today from VW Paper Systems. Hi, Trish. How are you? I'm great. Thanks. It's great to be here. And Trish is the Director of Global Communications and Marketing. And one of the really interesting things about BW Paper Systems is that they have been expanding significantly uh, via acquisition as well as organic growth. And it, it's meant some very interesting challenges from a marketing perspective, eh? Yes. <laughs> the most, uh, understatement uh, of the podcast. Yeah, the understatement of the podcast. I think... Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so folks, what we're going to hope to cover off today is really um, just, let's, let's kind of try to unpack the uh, the dynamics of brand management, uh, marketing management in, in an environment that is uh, growing rapidly through merger and acquisition. Uh, it, it is a, uh, something that is a very common um, amongst manufacturing marketers uh, that they, they find themselves... Um, I guess uh, being served up uh, 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 an acquisition or, or a merger that they uh, have to deal with uh, uh, or figure out, figure their way through. Um, I think uh, Trish is going to have lots of guidance for our listeners today on that, including even uh, when marketing ought to get involved with that. So it's not a surprise. So Trish, uh, welcome to the Cooler Ring. Please give a, our listeners a, a bit of an introduction to yourself before we get underway. Sure. It's, I'm really happy to be here and talk about branding. It's something that I work with in my job every day since I have started. Um, I'm Trish. I'm the Director of Global Communications and Marketing for BW Paper Systems. Uh, the BW and BW Paper Systems stands for Barry Waymiller. We are actually owned by a larger parent company called Barry Waymiller that's based out of St. Louis in the United States. Uh, Barry Waymiller has four platforms. Paper Systems is one of those platforms platforms, and it's the largest one. BW Paper Systems is a B2B company. We sell capital equipment to other companies that manufacture um, paper goods. So that's why we are called Paper Systems. We build machines that convert paper into corrugated sheets, corrugated boxes, into folding cartons that are like cereal boxes and beer boxes and soda boxes. We also uh, manufacture equipment that takes large rolls of paper and cuts it into sheets of paper, the most common being copier paper that goes into your copying machine. We also manufacture machines that make notebooks, passports, and also using RFID technology, tickets and clothing tags. Um, and so the reason that we are, those product lines are so diverse is because we do have a business philosophy of acquiring companies that share our same industries, share our same customer base, and share same the same technology through some of those machines. We're a global company. We manufacture in four different places in the United States. Several of them are in Wisconsin and in Maryland. We also manufacture in um, 
Europe, in Germany, and Hungary, and Italy. And uh, most recently, we had an acquisition that allows us to now manufacture in China and Taiwan. We've sold equipment into 132 different countries. And so each of those regions of the world provide a unique marketing strategy from us. Wow, uh, that's a that's an impressive uh, introduction, Trish. And and uh, this M and A activity has been fast and furious. You joined the company, if my memory serves, in, in two thousand and seven. Yes. How many acquisitions have happened since then? So in two thousand and seven, um, they had a, they had taken three companies, and and um, there were three originally uh, as Marco Board United. And then I joined the company in two thousand and seven, and we have acquired thirteen more companies or brands since then. Um, sometimes it is one a year. Uh, other times it's been multiple acquisitions in a year, which all um, some of them are very small. It can be five people maybe that join our team along with a technology that adds into our equipment, or it can be a whole new product line for the company with hundreds of um, members of new team members. Wow. Um, let's, uh, let's kind of dive into that then. What, uh, I guess first things first, and I kind of tipped the, the, the hat to this just a bit earlier. Uh, take us through uh, your thinking and your experience at BW Paper Systems about when marketing ought to get involved in in, in, uh, in a merger and acquisition, and, um, and and I guess and to the extent uh, you know has that always been the case? I guess the level of involvement you have now in your marketing role after thirteen of them has that evolved as the number of acquisitions in your experience with it has has uh, has progressed? Sure. Um... After this many acquisitions, the, the thing that I ask for from the leadership team is to be involved before the acquisition is is signed and, and delivered. During the due diligence period, it's great for the marketing uh, leader to be involved because you get a sense of the history of the marketing of the company. And also, um, in a lot of cases, when you are um, changing the brand of the company name, knowing what the legal name will be, which happens when they sign on the dotted line, can make a really big difference later on when you have to communicate about a legal name and about a brand name in multiple countries around the world. It gets really complicated. So that's probably the biggest reason you want to be involved before everything is signed. So you, you can have some thoughtful conversations about how that's that's going to work. Now, have you had to elbow your way into those conversations, uh, you know, or or have you been involved from the start, from from acquisition number one? I th- I had to um, a little bit of elbowing into my conversations, I'll say, because the way that branding initially worked when I first started um, at BW Paper Systems is that every time a company would be acquired, they would just tack that name on to the end of the company name. And so when I first started, the company name was Market Board United. If marketing hadn't gotten involved in the net next 13 acquisitions, I would have to say that I work for Marco Board United, Will Pemko, Bilomatic, Kugler, Wamako, Zoran, Yogsynchro, Repmatic, SHM, Questech, Kironi, Vortex, KNH, and Apollo. And that's really hard to spell in an email signature. So yeah, it's not, a big URL too. It's it a big URL. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm really impressed that you were able to string those all together once, let alone <laughs> on a consistent basis. Um so when it really, when the name just became too long, the conversation was easier to have. We cannot continue 
on with our current branding strategy of tacking on the names to these companies. We need to come up with something that our customers can understand, that our team members can understand, and that all of the stakeholders that work with our company can understand. It's so funny because it's been said that you change your logo when, um, uh, best to change your logo, not when the marketer gets bored with it, but when the accountant does. Um, uh, (laughs) But I haven't heard the change the name, basically just start considering changing the name once it gets too long and unruly. Uh, So it was in, uh, it was about four years ago when we had acquired a significant number of of companies that we decided to create the name BW Paper Systems because that was the common theme through our acquisitions is that it will be um, an equipment manufacturer that does something to paper. And uh, that has held well for the last four years. And I think it it really uh, lends itself to allow us to continue to grow through organic growth and acquisitions that we can bring new companies under that BW Paper Systems and Umbrella and really um, create the brand around that. And then we still maintain the traditional brand names at a machine level to have that connection um, that customers can recognize and understand. Have you maintained those in each of the 13 cases? Um Yes, and it's there is a there is two levels to it. One is at a machine level, and if we continue to build machines under that brand name, um, we will continue to use it on on the machine. If we, in some cases we don't build the machines under that brand na- name anymore, and then it moves down to um, we'll still maintain that brand name in an aftermarket strategy. So part of our business is selling um, upgrades and parts to machines. There will still be machines with those old brand names in the field that are still operational and in service. And we wanna make sure those customers know who we are and can find us to upgrade and, and buy parts for their machines. So at some level, we have to maintain those brand names um, indefinitely as long as the machines are in the field. And what, as you bring on a new entity and, and you're kind of coming in before that acquisition actually gets signed, um, what are the things that you're looking at in terms of the brand that you're acquiring and, and how you're going to put that to use or, or, or kind of put that in, in, a, in a bit of a backseat or, you know, what are the things that you're considering at that time? Sure. Um, the first thing we start to look at is the history of sales. You know, how many sales have they had last year? How many sales have they had in the last five years? How many sales have they had in the last 10 years? Um, acquisitions, these companies could be, you know, 10 years old, or they could be 100 years old, they could be 125 years old. And so knowing when the peak of the sales happened can be really important in knowing where we are with that brand name recognition. It's also important to know how many active machines are still in the field so that we know how many current customers we have that are still operating those machines on a daily basis. Um, From there, we go into their CRM systems. How many accounts do they have? How many accounts are active? How many people have they contacted in the last couple of years so that we get an idea of how many times that brand has been used with a, with a customer. And then we review their marketing strategy and that can be done, you know, online, looking at their website, looking at their social media presence, um, looking at what trade shows they've been at. Have they actively been trying to promote, you know, their brand and their name in the last five years, or have they been really hanging on tight and, and focusing on other things? Um, 
and then of course we get feedback from customers through conversations with them through surveys with them to gain a better understanding of how well known that brand that brand is in the in the industry and what I'm trying to get a sense of is that all makes a lot of sense to me. Um, and I'm trying to get a sense of what the outcome of that then has been in terms of the differences between the 13 brands that you've acquired over the last uh, 11 years, I guess. Um, you know, I, I understand that they're all uh, somewhat continue in some way, shape or form. Some are are only as as part of the aftermarket. Are there any other differences that are, or, or even communication with the existing client base that may change depending on brand strength, et cetera? Um, yes, there's different client bases have had requests, frankly, about keeping brands or not keeping brands. Um, and in some cases, we have been able to honor that um, once we kind of filtered it through the rest of the information that we knew. Um, the other thing that we tend to look at is um, if it is an acquisition where the technologies um, will merge and we can have a sense of the timeline of that, um, once two two brands of the same function machine and the technology merges, then you're kind of stuck with, well, what? how do I brand this machine if it has two different brands in it. Um, and if we know that that's going to happen sooner rather than later, um, we can start more of a process of evolving it into, let's just call it BW Paper Systems. And so there's there are some um, brands that we have chosen to retire early, some brands that we've chosen to retire later as we evolved those product lines into be branded as BW Paper Systems and matches the company name then. Um, but then there are other product lines that are the, they hold a huge market share. Um, they're extraordinarily well known. Their technology is probably not going to be merged with any of the other brands within the company, and and then they really do maintain that brand on that equipment much more strongly. Mm. It's interesting. The uh, I'm curious. Uh, I, 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 I really do like the, again, it makes sense to me that marketing would get involved very early, uh, and that, um, the impact and relative brand strength would be considered as part of that acquisition activity. I wonder uh, to what extent is HR, uh, consulted in, in all of that? Um, sometimes it's not only the market that has an attachment or customers that have an attachment to brand, but Oftentimes, of course, it's the employees and the corporate culture of the organization being acquired. Um, Has that factored into the thinking uh, much uh, as you've worked through this? Absolutely. Um, When we, you know, whenever you're merging two companies together, um, there are human people involved and they all have thoughts and opinions and feelings about, um, you know, the name that they have worked under, whether it be for one year or sometimes 35 years. And um, there is an emotional attachment to the to that name. Um, maybe they it's an engineer who has multiple patents that they've contributed to that brand name. And and um, it is an emotional conversation to say, is it going to go away or is it going to be decreased in some way? Um, so those conversations um, happen a lot. Uh, it involves a lot of communication on on the part of marketing and on HR. Um, 
to inform team members of what's going to happen and really the rationale that we're using to make those decisions, that it's it's not sort of an off-the-cuff decision and that we're not taking it lightly because um, there's a lot of people who have invested their lives into their work and it sort of compiles into that name and we don't, we don't want um, them to feel like they're coming into a whole new family and losing all of that. Um, hmm. So it, it is a, it's a lot of work. Um, with uh, communicating about that and 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 it's it's beneficial for marketing as a whole to communicate to the whole company why what we're doing branding wise because um one of the biggest things of making it successful and consistent so that everyone knows what name they should call the company and what name they should call the machine uh everyone has to be on board and they have to believe in it if we have one um you know if we have some team members calling the company by the old company name or a machine by an old brand name and the others using a new one, it causes a great deal of confusion. And so to help maintain that consistency, communication is, is really key and a big part of, of what we do when we're, when we're evolving the brands. And you must've seen a big variance over the 13, I'm guessing. I mean, instances where uh, the corporate culture is incredibly strong, employees, or practically wearing tattoos with the company name on, and then others where they're uh, goodbye, good riddance to bad luck kind of thing. Has it been that uh, dramatic? Um, yes, in some cases, in the acquisitions, the companies were financially not doing well. Things were very scary. They weren't sure what it was going to happen, and you know, um, when they come into a bigger company and we and uh, we're able to stabilize the business situation. It's a much different situation than if it was really successful and it's the brand name is hugely well-known in the industry and, and the fear that somehow we're going to take down all of that. Um, so it, it has run the gamut um, from, yes, hey, I don't care, take away the name because I don't want to ever look at it ever again, to, no, this name is like like my firstborn child and you're not going to rename my firstborn child. So. <laughs> You're listening to The Cooler Ring, conversations on manufacturing marketing. Don't forget to subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash thecoolering. That's K-U-L-A-partners.com slash thecoolering. How, um, uh, how complex has ha, have these brand integrations been from a, from a digital perspective? Of course, I mean, we all know the the import and the, you know, in, in site consolidations, redesigns, things of that nature about, you know, the basics of redirects and what have you. But, um, you know, we're talking more than one acquisition a year. It feels to me like that could have been a potentially a challenge for a web presence or any kind of digital um, uh, lead acquisition program in any way to kind of keep pace with. It is. It is. Um, it, it takes an incredible amount of time and effort and resources uh, because nearly every acquisition comes with its own um, website, its own set of social media channels with their own followers and people who are connected to them using that um that channel and uh, being able to integrate that all into BW paper systems in a way that's thoughtful and easy for customers to still understand the product line that they know and love and where to find it um, takes a lot, a lot of effort and a lot of 
thought put into it. Um, and so there is typically a one to two year period for most of our acquisitions where um, all of the information and the followers and the communication has happened to take it from one digital channel um, to the BW Paper Systems channel. And it on the marketing side, you know, the copying the information and getting new photos sometimes is the easiest part. And the difficult part is to um, move all of the people who are traveling down one road and one channel and get them to switch lanes and and follow us in a in a different way is um, has been you know the the biggest challenge and communicating to them to tell them where to go in the world wide web to find us um, when they're used to going somewhere else. Yeah, and I <clears throat> I have to think too there there must have been some occasions at least where um, BW found um, something interesting that this changed your marketing from from the top down in some of the acquisitions. Is there anything like that that uh, you can speak to? Yes. Um, in 2014, we acquired three companies out of um, Germany, and um, they had previously all been owned by one entity. And, you know, it, it was a great academic um research project, I guess, as far as being able to see how they did the marketing um, in the same situation um, and then how how we chose to do the marketing after that. And that they kept the brands and the companies very separate and they didn't overlap them as much as we choose to overlap them in, in our branding philosophy. Um, and But I st- we still learned a lot about um, consistency and how you can use different marketing techniques to maintain a consistency, even though you're not using the same um, name. And uh, it was, we did a fantastic job about marketing with color and logos and um, a culture uh, instead of a name. And, and that really did improve probably a lot of our marketing as we moved forward with those, those three acquisitions. That's a, uh, Flip this on its head, not to be negative, I guess, Jeff. But I guess, what do you, uh, as you look back across the thirteen, what do you think might be your biggest marketing mistake that you made? Um, I think that in hindsight, the mistakes that I that I think back on are are how slowly we incorporated brands into the bigger BW paper systems. Um, I. I think that, you know, I, we could have, in some instances, increased the communication, increased the number of brand ambassadors inside the company to help get everyone to understand the rationale of what we were doing quicker. Um, because the longer that we kind of dragged out the evolution of transitioning the brand, um, confused people more than making it more clear and consistent. Um, and it you know, I know why I chose to do it slowly, um, but in hindsight, there were certain cases that I really think it would have been better for the team members, better for our stakeholders, and better for the brand if if we had sped it up and not taken so long to evolve one to the, to the other. I have heard that similar advice uh, from a number of, of seasoned marketers that are looking at uh, a situation in hindsight and I've never heard them say the opposite. I've never heard a marketer yet say we should have moved just a little <laughs> slower. 
It's never happened. It's always been, you know what? If I had to do it again, we would have pulled that Band-Aid faster. Yes. Yes. It hurts when it's happening, but it's it's going to be better than that. Yeah. And I had an old agency mentor of mine very early in my, in my career as I was navigating a brand consolidation. And that was his advice. He said, you just, he was move fast. You're more tied to it than the market is. Um, the market will understand if you communicate it clearly and quickly and don't get in your own way. Move fast, move fast, move fast. And, um, I don't think, I mean, I, I'd like to think I kind of took his advice then, uh, but but certainly, um, you know, there's 20 years of experience under my belt since then or more, and, uh, and I, think I, 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 I think I see the wisdom in that advice more and more every day. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, you know, it's, we're all humans and we have, you know, as I mentioned earlier, ties to some of these brands, but um, in the end... Yeah, faster would have have been better for the market and better for all the team members as well. Well, then conversely, let's look on the glass half full side here as we near uh, the end of the podcast. What do you think? Uh, what you know, we as marketers, we all like to think that we're a little bit uh, secretly clever or more clever than the average bear. So my guess is, is that there's something over the course of these thirteen acquisitions that you've done that you've kind of looked back in hindsight and said that was really kind of smart you know i'm glad i i thought of that when i did or at least recognized that good idea when i saw it um so putting you on the spot do you have an answer for that um the most recent acquisition um was about six months ago and it was for a company that originated in taiwan and had expanded into china and uh they make uh some of the it's this the they make equipment that we also make in the United States has the same function. Um, it has a very different level of capital investment and a very different level of productivity from the equipment we make in the United States. But it's 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 very well suited for that for that market in in Asia, which is growing rapidly. It's growing faster than anywhere else in the world. And so, being able to um, take a look at that and be involved. You know, while we were looking at the company to acquire them, um, we started talking about let's just brand it as BW Paper Systems from the beginning, um, and we're going to really quicken up this pace of um, taking its original brand name and moving it to to BW Paper Systems. Um, and we had the advantage, of course, of of having a somewhat well-known name there already. Um, so that's what we did. And it's branded as BW Paper Systems and customers have accepted that. Team members have been ecstatic about that. And, uh, you know, I really took this, hey, let's not drag it out. Let's shorten it up. Um, we had a really large open house with hundreds of customers to come and and take a look at the at the equipment. And and we got some really positive feedback from them. So I, I feel really really confident that we made the right decision to start with it from the beginning. It, so, it sounds like at this point, you could probably write the playbook on how to merge <laughs> brands <laughs> yeah. for BW Paper Systems. You know, so if you decide to move on from the marketing and global communications gig, you know, you could become a, a uh, an integration <laughs> consultant or, or something of that sort. Or at the very least, BW Paper Systems will uh, insist you write the playbook for them before you leave. <laughs> yes. It's a good thing I keep an, um, a good journal. <laughs> Indeed. 
Well, Trish, this has been, uh, I think we've left our listeners with a, an awful lot to think about and uh, have delivered an awful lot of value here in this, uh, the last 30 minutes or so of this conversation. I, I just, uh, I, I really feel like we've, uh, we've unpacked this a, a bit and, and I really thank you for, um, the, the wisdom in your responses and, uh, and, and for taking the time to share them with us. Thank today. you. I'm very happy that we could able we were able to talk. I'm very happy that our conversation was so electric that it kept kept the power on everywhere. And <laughs> yeah, it's still going, man. If you if that's a that's the best uh, thing that you could ever say about this conversation. If it's managed to keep the power on in Nova Scotia, it's almost done the impossible. I hope that somebody from the power company is listening to these podcasts. Yes. If we should just send it to them, so they should know that we're publicizing to the world just how terrible they are. <laughs> Uh, anyway <clears throat> well thank you very much Trish we really appreciate you being on the Cooler Ring today thank you thanks for listening to the Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the Cooler Ring that's k-u-l-a partners.com slash the Cooler Ring <laughs>